Hello, everybody. This is the Business Transformation Podcast. This is Adam Pearson, the owner of IBAS Business Solutions. Today is Thursday, August 29th, year of our Lord, 2019. Thank you so much for joining me. I usually do a half an hour, but today I'm only going to do 20 minutes because I got a meeting at 10. But I really want to do an ode to operations guys today because I'm bringing in an operations manager. And I'll tell you a little bit how I was able to afford him. Normally, I wouldn't be able to afford a guy. Well, right now, I wouldn't be able to afford a man of this caliber. But we've been able to do a little barter agreement. And I'm able to bring in somebody who's a, really a $200,000 a year or more um, COO type. Uh, but he believes in our vision. And he needs something that I've got. And I need something that he's got. And it could be that what I've got is more valuable than what he's got. So he's willing to trade his time for mine. And I think we're going to have a really cool situation. And this might be something you'd be able to work out with somebody too, if you ever find yourself um, in a similar circumstance. And he came in here and interviewed some of my workers yesterday and definitely was able to verify a lot of what I knew was going on and hope he's got some very good plans, I think. And it's feel, I'm feeling a great, a great sense of relief that we're going to be able to hopefully break a bit of the deadlock that we've been in lately and start to move forward and build out, build out these products and services I'm imagining without abandoning our original motive and actually improving that because there's a huge market for our bookkeeping and accounting services, but I don't have the operational skill to build out something that's scalable. I guess I probably just don't have the experience or or the natural mind for it. But with time, even though I'm not a natural, if I were to practice it, um, I probably could have figured it out. But during the time that it would have taken me to figure it out, my people would have suffered and we would have lost probably a good opportunity to start to expand. So I'll tell you a little bit about that. But as always, want to just share a little bit uh, about, about our, my personal life. Still got my father-in-law in town. And it's so much fun to have him in town. I keep talking about it, but... Like I said, he tells jokes, he tells great stories, he's a great talker, and he told me another joke. I told you guys a joke yesterday, uh, but I'm going to tell another one today. This is a, uh, a um, an insider Peruvian joke that he told me that I'm going to translate into English, and I think it's still funny. So uh, here we go. My father-in-law is from a town in Peru called Selendin, and the people in Selendin are known for being merchants. They're business people. They buy and sell sometimes referred to as, as the Jews of Peru by Peruvians, all right? Now, there's another place in Peru called Chota, Chota, C-H-O-T-A. And the Chotanos, the people from Chota, are known for being knife fighters. They fight with machetes. They all got scars on their faces. That's what they're really known for, for being really tough, violent people, okay? So one day, a guy from Selendin and a guy from Chota are standing on a boat. They're going somewhere, and they're just... They're chatting. They got no reason to fight. And out of nowhere, a big whale comes and he swallows them up and he eats them. And they go down into his stomach and they're sitting there. And the guy from Chota goes, oh, if only I had my machete with me. I'd take that machete and I'd slice this whale up and I'd cut him to pieces and I'd get us out of here. And then the guy from Selendine, he leans in real close and he says, I have a machete. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> so... I love that joke. I've heard it a bunch of times, but man, I've been asking him to tell me that joke like over and over again for the last 10 years. And it's it's one of my favorites. All right. So since I've got a, um, a little bit of a time constraint, I'm going to get into 
some of the problems that we've been running into that's making my business not go well. It's causing a lot of undue stress for my workers. It is also causing me to sometimes feel lightheaded and have shortness of breath, which can't be a good sign. And um, overall, it's caused our business to stall out. I can be perfectly honest about this stuff. And yesterday, um, this man, Dwayne Harder, uh, who previously was a COO for a company that went from $100 million in sales to $800 million in sales. He grew it, the whole, he grew it from, um, from, from $100 million to $800 million. He built out all the processes. He was the CFO and COO at the same time. It was a commodities business, so it was a really low-margin business. I think he said their margins were like 3%. So they dealt in heavy, heavy, heavy volume, um, low margins, but a huge operation, and he managed the whole thing. And he has sent, he sold, he ended up being a part owner in that business. He had, he got an equity position. He sold that. He semi-retired. He decided to start his own franchise. And he's been running his franchise for about a year. And um, I met him at a chamber of commerce meeting. We were both sitting at the same, the same table and we just hit it off. And I told him about what I was doing. And he told me about what he was doing. And we just agreed to stay in touch with each other. During the interim, I met him really right at the beginning of the time when we were going to start trying to grow our business. So I met him, and then I went on a, I went on a hot streak. I went on a run where I added, I think I added 75 accounts in, in three and a half months or something like that. I got on a real, or maybe it was four months. I don't even remember now. But I went on a real hot streak. And during that same time, Dwayne was really struggling to, um, to get sales going. And the reason why is he doesn't even like sales. He's a natural operations person. But as all as all really good growth-minded people do, he wanted to try to go outside of his comfort zone and learn something new. And he decided to try to try to learn how to do business development. Uh, but he, you know, it's just not it's just not his thing. We are both naturally introverts. The funny thing about the way we met each other is at the Chamber of Commerce meeting, you know, at a Chamber of Commerce meeting, everybody goes around and mingles and tries to hand off business cards and do their elevator pitch. And I am not good at that. I probably should try to get better at that. I'm a good talker. I'm good at having a conversation, but I am not good in any way, shape or form at walking around and doing small talk and mingling. I'm terrible at it. So at this Chamber of Commerce meeting, I literally chose the, the, the table at the back in the corner furthest away from the crowd. And I was just sitting by myself reading the chamber of commerce program, hoping that somebody would come over and talk to me. Now that sounds insane that a good sales guy would be like that. Like I wouldn't be out there. Hey, how you doing? Yeah. Let me introduce myself. Let me give you a card. But that's just how I am. And so I was just sitting there and Dwayne came over and sat down next to me and started talking to me. And he said, why are you sitting here by yourself, man? I said, I suck at I suck at mingling and small talk. I'm not good at it. And so he sat down and we just struck up a conversation and we started talking for about a half an hour. And then you know, during the whole meet and greet period, I just hung out with Dwayne and we just chatted. We started having really good conversations. We got to know each other. Then a bunch of people sat down at the table. I ended up actually getting a card from somebody at my table and was able to add them as a client. So that was I actually, even though I didn't do any meeting or greeting, I still was able to sign up a client from that event. And then also um recruit a guy who's going to come in and help us with our operations who's really a high level operator so just goes to show that your most valuable work might not be what you think it is just by sitting there and not doing anything and having a conversation with a guy i um and getting to know somebody without even pushing it 
Um, but just by serendipity, I, I was able to get a client one. So that's worth over a thousand bucks a year for me, or maybe like 1500 bucks a year for me. And then also was able to meet a man who I'm going to work with now, who's going to allow us to go from being this company that we currently are to fully penetrating and, um, and dominating this market that, that we're in that has a huge market. And then also he's going to help me launch some new products and integrate them into our sales, sales process. Now I'm going to be the main salesman and I'm going to work with the sales guys, even though I have no experience as a sales manager, but at least my current vision of it is I'll be in charge of working on the sales function, but he's going to help me build out the operations that are needed. And then he's going to take over the operations for all production of delivering products, of fulfilling our bookkeeping and accounting services. And I can't tell you what a relief it is. When I talked to him yesterday and he told me he was interested in in doing this, I honestly, I almost started crying. I had to keep it under control. I was so happy. Um, so, um, like, a, yeah, so just to finish up that point about being at the Chamber of Commerce, um, if you just, I guess the lesson to learn from that, if you're just yourself and you operate inside, and you operate according to your strengths, like my, my strength is to um, just have a couple of meaningful conversations rather than peppering a million people. And that has seemed to work well for me. Although in a sales environment, once I get you on the hook, I will follow up with somebody like 50 times. I'm a, I'm a shameless follow-up guy, but I'm not too good at just like doing small talk and peppering people. I'd way rather get a chance to just have deep conversations with a couple of people and figure out how far I can take that. So that, that might work for a lot of people more than just being a super hardcore extrovert who just goes around and talks to everybody and makes a, ton, a million friends and hands and hands out a million business cards. So um, Dwayne was in here yesterday uh, and he met, I got, I got like three people who are manager who have become managers as our team has grown. And they've all said pretty much the same thing, which is one, they don't even necessarily want to be managers. They're just, they're doing it because they care about me and they want to, you know, they want to help me get to where we're going. And since I asked them of that, they went ahead and, and did it. But that's not their natural inclination. They would be much more, more, much more comfortable working in production. In other words, just cranking out work, but not necessarily having to oversee other people. I learned that. The second thing I learned is a lot of the people that I have currently doing customer service don't actually like doing customer service. And as a result, um, anytime a client calls or writes, it's basically a burden for them. And again, just because of their loyalty to me and the fact that they're people of high integrity, they're doing the best they can, but that's not going to be a substitute for people who are operating um, according to what their unique ability is and doing stuff that they're genuinely enthusiastic about. So that was a real revelation. And then the final thing is, and this one I knew, is they're all just burnt out. You know, they're just at the end of the rope. They can't, they can't take on any more work. And previously, my solution for that was to just hire good people and, and just throw them in there and just tell these people, look, here's another body, start delegating. But they don't want to manage people. So I'm in a bad spot where I have um, people that are great people. They're super smart. They're good at producing high quality work. They're doing their best to take care of our clients. And they actually genuinely do care about our clients. But I got a bunch of people doing work they don't want to do. And what, what Dwayne was explaining to me is that probably if we were to just restructure this so that we got the right people in the right seats doing the right type of work, 
that we probably could get 50% productivity gains just by re- reorganizing things and get people working according to what they're what they're really strong at and to do it without distraction. What is happening a lot right now is since we have so many clients, we start doing their work, the work that we need to do, the production work, but then the emails never stop coming in. And the same people that I got doing some production work, I've also asked to um, communicate directly with the client because previously it was running through me. So I was managing all the client communication. I was feeding it back to the production team. Then it was coming back to me and I wasn't able to do anything other other than that, which means I wasn't going to be able to sell or do any marketing or do things like podcasts. So I delegated that, but I just delegated that. What would be the word? I just delegated that sort of sight unseen because unfortunately that is sort of my modus operandi. I'm not that good at giving clear instructions right now. I'm going to get better. And I'm hopefully, hopefully as Dwayne comes in here and I can see how a real true operations man runs, runs an organization, he can mentor me. I mean, even though I'm the owner and sort of I'm like, like the CEO slash visionary right now of the company, um, I'm not the most experienced guy here. And I, I need to be led a little bit too. I need some mentorship and some coaching. So I'm hoping that I will be able to improve myself specifically in the area of properly delegating, making sure that you train people correctly, set proper expectations, and then also follow up to make sure that the work is getting done correctly. And also being able to check in and just make sure that the clients um, are dealing with someone who is super stoked to be dealing with them. That's an important thing. And my clients deserve it. Our clients deserve to be with somebody who's not just doing that of obligation, but who's genuinely enthused to be interacting with them. And our people are genuinely enthused to help clients out and do the work, but we don't have a good setup for people who just love the back and forth, love the customer service aspect of dealing with the client. And so what, what Dwayne was telling me is um, he thinks for now, if we were to, if he were to step in and be a buffer between the production team and, and the clients, then he could step in and he can start to figure out what kind of requests are coming in that are so distracting, what kind of work could be done that right now is being run through my managers that could go straight down to the bottom production level, um, what work needs to be retained for the managers, and how much productivity can we get if we were to just free these people up to focus on the work rather than having to deal with customer inquiries all the time. And he said that the way he usually does that is he personally steps into that role and then he starts to craft the systems that will be required to continue to um, operate pr- productively and to um, start to operate in a way that's that's truly scalable. And I have been gun shy about selling because what these people told them in an interview, they've already told me, but I've also been perceiving it. I can just see it. People are just people are just dragging, and I can see that thing to the ropes. We've been working, so I know a lot of people work for twenty years for seventy hours a week or whatever. But we've been working, um, we've been working just for like a, like 15 months, but we've been working seven days a week for 15 months and it's, it's, it's burning, it's burning us out. And so that they also shared that, that they just need some relief. They just need to be able to start to do something different that can rejuvenate them and start to recharge their batteries. And so Dwayne has agreed to step in and, and try to help us out. Now the question is, so he normally would bill a consulting rate of $300 an hour. But at the very minimum, you would be asking for a $200,000 a year salary normally. I can't afford that right now. 
I could afford it if I were to let go. Some, I could afford it if I were to let go some people. I think I could easily get him up to his salary requirements if I'm free to sell. Um, so obviously, when he frees me up to sell, I'll be able to start to get him get him that those payments. Um, but in the interim, where I'm not allowed to sell, I'm not going to be able to pay him that. So what kind of arrangement have we reached? So here's the arrangement that we reached. He is going to start taking on a lot of the operations stuff, including some of the stuff that's coming to me. He's a, he was a CFO, so he does have a, a finance background. So I'm going to start training him to do a lot of the work that I do to free myself up. And he's going to step in and try to produce some productivity gains so we can grow the business and I can get him the money. But also, I am going to take over the sales and marketing of, of his products for the franchise that he owns. He's been working on it hard, and he's made he's been able to make some great contacts and make some progress. But I think he's not as willing to be that annoying guy who follows up with you 30 times, just checking in, just seeing how it's going. Do you have a chance to review the proposal? When can we talk? When can we meet? Are you guys ready to move forward? You know, can we can we can we get the deal done this month? I'm that kind of guy who's willing to do that, and I think uh, Dwayne hates that. He's come to hate it. He doesn't. So first, he doesn't have the experience to know that that's actually what you have to do. I think a lot of people who have never done sales before don't realize that, you know, they say the fortune is in the follow-up and that's true. You got to follow up with people sometimes 20 times before they move forward, but you just have to keep doing it. And that's not high level intellectual work and that's not pleasurable, but you do get deals closed that way. And if you're the type of person who gets a lot of enjoyment out of closing deals, which I am that, I am that for sure, um, then you're willing to, to do those types of activities because they're necessary. So He's going to start handing off some leads to me and I'm going to start doing some of the stuff that I was previously doing to um, to sell the bookkeeping services to start to bring in deals for him and close deals for him and make sure that they, they move forward. And that will help him grow his income and grow the equity of his business. And then in addition, once he frees up um, our capacity, I'll start adding more bookkeeping clients. And so we got a barter situation. I'm going to barter his operations expertise and his willingness to jump in and roll up his sleeves and help us get organized. And he's going to trade that in exchange for my ability to sell and to close and to make sure that deals move forward. So I would say if there's anybody out there who's like me, who's a real, so it's like a real sort of hardcore entrepreneur who is willing to take risks and willing to roll the dice and willing to sell super hard and to take his cushy six-figure life with his three kids and put it all online to try to grow his business and build something great. If there's anybody like you out there and you're just weak at operations, there could be a good opportunity for you to find somebody who's got um, who's got the type of offering. Where, so me, me and Dwayne have pretty much the same clientele. And since I know how to sign, I already know how to sell to that clientele, um, I, I can go out and start pushing his services for him. So I think interestingly, there can always be an opportunity to do a little barter like that or someone who's got a weak, who's got a, a product that fits into your same market, but who is weak at doing what you do and you're weak at doing what they do for you guys to come together. You bring their product into your portfolio of offerings and they get all the money. So every sale I make of his service is going to go to him for now, you know, until we get him up to what his salary requirements are. And, um, and so I roll his product into my portfolio and I start selling on his behalf. If I'm free to sell and he's got capacity for his service. So if I'm free to sell, I think I can get him up to six, you know, whatever the $200,000 a month is quickly. I think I could have got a lot of my employees already up to 200,000 or not $200,000 a month, 
$200,000 a year. In truth, I think I could already got a bunch of my employees up to up to $200,000 a year, but we couldn't have done it because we haven't solved these underlying issues. It just, it, it wouldn't have worked. I think my people are at the point right now, like even if I were to pay them $200,000 a year, it wouldn't, it wouldn't compensate the anguish that they're feeling. So, um, so that's what we're going to be rolling out. And as a result, I think within a couple, maybe let's call it like two or three months, I think, I think our business is going to vastly improve. Our customer service is going to vastly improve. We're going to start to get out our work earlier. The quality of our work has, has stayed consistent, but that's what's been causing us to work so much. But the quality will remain the same. And in addition, we'll have these other services that provide tremendous value. And I'll have an operations man who's going to help make sure, one, that we're scalable, and two, that the customer experience remains super strong and that we're able to keep bringing out products and services that that add value and strengthen our relationship and help us build our brand. So it's been a tremendous um, development. And now you can probably see why I teared up a little bit when he told me his plan and offered to help and said that he's in. I mean, God, what a lifesaver. So I can't wait to work with him. Maybe I'll get him on this podcast here someday. And um, it, it should be really good. I'm feeling really, really excited about it. So I got a meeting now. In fact, I got a, got a sales call. Um, to try to sell Dwayne services now. So I got to hop on that and hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get a contract signed and get it to move forward. And um, I'll be back tomorrow with, with another podcast. I'll be actually recording three podcasts tomorrow because the weekend's coming up. And if I'm going to do 365 podcasts in 365 days, um, I've decided I'll, I'll do three back to back to back on Friday. So that's it for today. Thank you so much for your time. I hope you really honestly, from the bottom of my heart, I hope you have a great day and you're able to do your highest value work today. Have a good one. Bye.